is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. President Donald Trump with us. President Trump, how are you, sir? Hello, Mark. I'm great. Thank you. Well, it's a great honor. You know, we don't have you on radio and TV a lot because I try to respect your time. So when I do have you, it's very, very important. We've cleared out all the commercials and everything else. Wow, that's very good. Thank you. And I want to jump right in with you because we do need your wisdom. Um, Okay. So would you have believed... 20 years after 9-11, the enemy that supported bin Laden and al-Qaeda would be celebrating victory over America? Not believable, not even thinkable. Should have never happened. They just surrendered. Our president surrendered. Not even a possibility. And we had it done, and we handed over something so good after the rigged election. We had it so strong. And I dealt with Abdul. He is the leader. And Abdul Ghani Karaka, I dealt with him, the leader, and I said, any American soldiers get hit, you will pay a price the likes of which no country has ever paid. And you know what? For 18 months, we didn't have any soldiers hit. Everything was absolutely, and, and you know, we had a con- conditions-based deal. When they didn't meet a condition, we'd bomb them. And we were in great shape. And we could have we could have taken three years, four years, two years, one month to get out. Didn't matter. They were never going to come in. And we were going to remove the army or the military last, not first. We were going to take every ounce of equipment. We wouldn't have had to bring our new soldiers in. They brought these young, great soldiers in. Thirteen died, many very badly wounded. Nobody ever talks about them. And 250 people overall were were killed. I mean, you saw that. It was just yeah. terrible. But that would have never happened because everything was orderly. There was no rush. And I said, I want every nut, every bolt, every tank, every plane. I want everything taken out. And I want the American people out. And then after the American people, you'll take people that are deserving. And instead, we took a hundred and some odd thousand people. We have no idea who they are. They could be Taliban. They could be worse, if that's possible. And also, 
they're, and they're distributed all over the world, but they're all coming to the United States because these nations are all taking advantage of us, Mark. You know that better than anybody. All these nations that are doing us big favors by taking the people, they're charging us plenty. There has never been an embarrassment like we are going through right now. Our military is embarrassed. Anybody associated with our country is embarrassed. And it's due to gross incompetence, in my opinion, more than anything else. It's grossly incompetent. And they got $85 billion worth of equipment, the best equipment made on Earth. And China now is uh, checking it out because they want to have Black Hawk helicopters just like we do. And it's China, it's Russia, it's Iran, it's Pakistan. The equipment is being delivered all over the place. It's a disgrace. You know, President Trump, I can't imagine that you would have left one American citizen in enemy territory. You went out of your way, whether it was North Korea or other parts of the world, to make sure you got Americans out. They say there's 100. I bet there's more than 100 American citizens in there. I mean, uh, and they go on with life and they go on with governing like nothing's going on. Do you think diplomacy is going to get our citizens out of Afghanistan? No, I think what they're doing is, first of all, today I heard for the first time, which I felt, today I heard it was over a 1,000, and there are many people in there. And we have a lot of brave people that are going into that territory and trying to get people out. There are a lot of brave people happening, and they're getting actually hurt by our State Department, which has no clue what they're doing. But, no, I, I cannot uh, believe that we left people behind. This should have never happened. The 13 soldiers that were killed and all of the soldiers and all of the people that were killed and wounded, they should – it wouldn't have never – it would have never taken place. There wouldn't have been a rush to the plane because we would have had plenty of time to get the people out. I mean, far more people were taken out than should have been taken out. Mm -hmm. We should have taken the Americans and some people that was, were deserving. You know – when you're at war and you end a war, that doesn't mean you have to take the entire population into your country, okay? Mm -hmm. And don't forget, for every person you take out, then they want the wife to come, the grandfather to come, the grandmother, the father, the mother, the children, the daughters, the sons, aunts and uncles. I mean, this could be millions of people by the time they finish. And we don't even know who those people are. You know, they didn't vet the people getting onto the planes. They're vetting them now, many days later. And many of those people are going to be very bad people. They're going to be terrorists, okay? There's no doubt in my mind, but they're going to be terrorists. And that's the way it is. This, what, ha what has happened to our country in the last eight months is not even imaginable. With inflation raging, with gasoline at $1.87, and now it's over $5, with uh, the border at a level that nobody's mm. ever imagined it. Millions of people have already poured through our border. And these are people from jails, prisoners. We have people coming into our country that we don't want. And the biggest embarrassment of all, the only thing good about the border, because frankly, this makes the border look competent. The border is totally incompetent. I don't believe they're doing it on purpose. I think they're just incompetent. I really don't believe. Because they cheat on elections. They don't need these people to vote. The fact is that 
the Afghanistan situation, taking the military out, having the Taliban move in, then we rely on the Taliban. We give them lists of people, of Americans. We gave them lists of all the Americans and all of the people that helped us. We gave those lists to the Taliban. So now they can just knock on doors and say, you're on the list. It is the most incompetently handled. And then on top of everything else, to give them the best military equipment Mm -hmm. in the world, the best in the world, the night goggles. You see, now they're fighting at night. They hated to fight at night because they didn't have the technology or the goggles. But now they're fighting at night. They're fighting your area that they have not been able to take over. I understand that area is practically done. How could how could they fight, Pangier? How could they fight when they don't have this kind of equipment? Mm-hmm. So they use the American equipment to wipe out probably wipe out. You know, it's being reported they're still sort of fighting, but they don't have a chance. And they're fighting at night with our goggles where they can see perfectly. It is the most incompetently handled thing. And and all over the world, we are being scorned. We are being laughed at by, can you imagine Putin, President Xi of China, uh, Kim Jong-un of North Korea, uh, you take a look at Merkel of Germany, and all of the people they're at the top of their game. And you know them all. And you know them I all. I know them all. They're, they're all at the top of their game. These are really smart. These are people that get it. I actually had a good relationship, but I was wise to it because they've been ripping off our country. I mean, Europe, Germany, a lot. Of, they've been ripping off our country on trade. They've been ripping off our country on NATO. I had them pay $430 billion in NATO and the head of NATO said Trump did something. President Trump did something I never thought was possible. Because for years they were delinquent, all of them, almost all of them. Let me, let me so, ask you a question. You yes, actually left NATO stronger than it was when stronger. you came in. Everyone was afraid you were going to abolish it. You left the Middle East stronger with all these deals involving Israel and these, yeah. uh, and these Gulf states. You had Iran in a box. Uh, you were strangling right. them economically. Uh, you had, quite frankly, Afghanistan in a box. Uh, you were strangling them in many ways. True. Yeah, and hundred percent true. And your point about I wouldn't have put up with this, I would argue, is demonstrated by your own actions, Soleimani, Baghdadi, what you did in Syria, and so forth. You're not a war guy, but on the other hand, you understand that even if you're a peace guy, you got to draw a line. Right. So we wiped out a hundred percent of the ISIS caliphate in Syria and Iraq. And I did it in a period of four weeks. I was told that it couldn't be done by the television generals. It would not be able to be done. And I went to Iraq, and I met generals that are real generals, and they were great. And they did a great job, and they wiped out the caliphate, 100% of the ISIS caliphate, knocked out the leaders, the bad ones, really fast. By the way, that's a tougher job than Afghanistan. We had Afghanistan in a position where they wouldn't have done. Again, Mark, I'll say it again and again. We didn't lose any soldiers for 18 months. And Biden said that the other day. And everyone said, well, is he going to say a but? He said, since the agreement was signed, no American soldier was killed. And it was like 18 months. And Everyone on his side said, keep going. Is there something bad you could say? And everyone's saying, well, that's like a good thing, isn't it? But he didn't say that. I'm sure he didn't mean it to be good. But he said, under me, 
there were no American soldiers killed for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't have been killed because they knew if they killed an American soldier, the bombs start raining down on top of them again. We were in such a good position. And, Mark, we could have taken one year or three years or five years or one month. We had all the time. We could have done it fast or slow. We were so protected. That's why all of the parents of the 13 incredible, I spoke to numerous of them. As you know, you probably see the letters that they've written and everything else. They are so, such fans. And, you know, their child would be alive if the election weren't rigged. And they know it. They know it. Very sad. Let me ask you about the border, because you spent a lot of time fighting the Democrats and the media and the courts, and finally you got some good decisions, and you immediately move money legally to start building walls and so forth. Then you're, then the Biden comes in, and he puts the brakes on it. We have God knows how many illegal aliens coming and spreading the coronavirus, right. uh, MS-13 and so forth, and the guy doesn't even go to the border to look at the damage he's done. What do you make of that? Yeah. So we had the best border in history. We had a stay in Mexico policy, remain in Mexico, stay in Mexico. Uh, We had uh, everything catch and release, I ended, which is not easy. You had to go through all sorts of court. We went through court for two and a half years, beating back Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. We had so many lawsuits where we couldn't build the wall. I ended up winning. It took me two and a half years of legal action. We ended up winning 11 cases plus. We started building the wall. The wall is almost finished, 500 miles, almost finished, the most critical areas. Uh, And by the way, it was such a tremendous help. You know, that's why we had such low numbers. Uh, And all we had to do is join certain areas. And one of the reasons, it's interesting, one of the reasons we left certain areas open is we had massive amounts of equipment in Mexico for building the wall that we wanted to come out. So, you know, you can't bring it out if you don't have an opening. But but it would have taken a month. Now all the contractors are suing the Biden administration, suing our country. They want more money. They could have finished the wall for a fraction of what they'll end up paying, because I know contractors better than anybody. And frankly, they shouldn't have canceled their agreement. They didn't have the right to. They, they canceled their agreement. But in a month, they could have finished the wall. The wall was so good. It's, it works so well. People can't scale it. it. Virtually can't happen. It's it's high. It's powerful. It's everything the Border Patrol wanted. I went to them. I said, what's your ideal? They had to have vision. They had to be able to see through it. They wanted it to be steel and concrete, which it is. It's concrete inside the steel, and then it's rebar inside the concrete. They wanted I gave them everything they want to have an anti it's called anti climb panel, you know, the panel on top. Mm-hmm. I never liked it because it doesn't look as good, but it works much better. And I gave it to them and so we have the anti climb panel. It is it's been so successful. All they had to do is finish it. By the way, you know the wall is sitting there. The wall that hasn't been put up, it's sitting there waiting to be thrown up. It could have been done in a month, and they didn't do it. But I got also Mexico. I happen to like the president very well, even though he's from a different persuasion uh, politically. But he's a great gentleman, and we got along great. He gave us 28,000 troops. 28,000, that's like an army. He -hmm. gave us 28,000 Mexican soldiers, which we paid for zero. Now, I did say to him that if you don't do it, then I'm going to put tariffs on his cars because, you know, they take, they took over the years, Mark, they took approximately 32 percent of our automobile 
uh, not during me, during previous to me, but for over a period of 20 years, they took 32% of our automobile production. People don't realize Mexico is a massive automobile builder. Mm-hmm. And they took that money, that, that uh, you know, capability out of Michigan and out of our country, but Michigan in particular, it moved to Mexico. So they have a big force. So I said, look, if you don't do it, what I'm going to do is charge you guys 10%. Then 20 percent, then 25 percent tariffs. Mm-hmm. And within about uh, 24 hours, we had 28,000 troops on the border stopping people from coming in. They also had troops on their border with Honduras and, and uh, you know, El Salvador. They had the troops there, uh, Guatemala. So they have a border on their south, to their south. And they, they stopped a lot of people from coming in, which made it a lot easier. So we had the best border we've ever had by far. We had the least amount of drugs coming into our country because of the wall that was built, which was almost completed. The wall that was built, you know, they did. They put a lot of soldiers at those small areas. So it, was, it really worked out very well. Mm-hmm. We can't do that now because our Border Patrol is babysitting. They're changing diapers. And what they're doing, they're disrespecting our Border Patrol, and they're disrespecting the brave people of ICE. And, mis- and Mr. President, almost 5,000 illegal alien kids are missing. Can you imagine yeah. under your watch it, if that had happened? Oh, oh. It, and they it, say almost so nothing about it. All right, I want to get, it, before it, we run out of time, I want to get into politics a little bit. Okay. I hear what you've been saying, that people will be happy what you have to say. No, I can read between the lines on that and so forth. I'll be happy about what it is that you're going to say. My question to you is this. You're going to have the same media attacking, as if you do this, if, if, if. The same media, the same blue states, the same judges. There have been efforts in red states uh, to tighten up their election laws and so forth and so on. We need election reform in this country, and what the Democrats are trying to do with this vote on this five, they call it 3.5, it's $5 trillion, is to institutionalize their power, to enshrine it. So what do you want to tell the American people? The Democrats do one thing better than anybody else, and that's cheat on elections. They are unbelievably good at it. And I said, if they ran their military like they run their elections, uh, Afghanistan would have been a total victory uh, years ago. Okay, years ago. Uh, They cheat, and elections are so corrupt. And, you know, I was telling somebody a little while ago, I think I did two things. I exposed how corrupt the media is, and I exposed how corrupt American elections are. You know, we were always known for these wonderful elections, how beautiful it is. We're like a third world country when it comes. You look at what happened in Detroit, what happened in Philadelphia. You look at what happened in Arizona today. I have a headline right in front of me just came out about Arizona that, let's see, update, 299,493 votes impacted. They had a, uh, a big canvassing thing happening in Arizona. Uh, It's like the most incredible thing. In fact, there's another headline and another one. I call on Arizona to decertify the election of 220 and recall the electors. We have a duty to act. That's made a statement. Somebody made that statement in Arizona, a big politician, Uh, because they caught him in Arizona. 
And Arizona is less crooked than Pennsylvania. Than but Michigan, do you think you can overcome Georgia. all this stuff in a future election? Uh, I don't know. It's it's a very big problem because the Democrats, you know, we got them by surprise, Mark. You have been so incredible and such a voice, such a powerful voice. And congratulations on your book. I'm not even a little surprised that it's so successful. You, Number one again. Uh, it's incredible what you've done. And I've always been a backer of your books. Your books are very important. Your voice is more important than your Thank books, you. frankly. Thank you. But it's so, it's so important. But uh, if we don't straighten out our elections, we're not going to have a country. I always say you need borders and you need good elections. I've added you need good elections. Nobody thought our elections could be so dirty. But, you know, the people of, of the base, the, and I believe it has to be much more than 50 percent. Because I don't believe you can have defund the police. I don't believe you can have all of the stuff that they do when you look at all of these no voter ID, no this, no that, uh, sanctuary cities. I don't believe that they can possibly have a 50 percent without cheating on elections because their policies are so bad. When you look at what they do, when you look at energy, where we had uh, we were energy independent when I left, and now you look at Biden. He's sending people over to negotiate with OPEC. Can you believe it? Mm. We beat OPEC. We were we did much more much more energy than Russia and Saudi Arabia. We went to number one by far. We weren't. We went to number one, and we became energy independent. I, that was such a great achievement. I even got Anwar. In Alaska approved mm -hmm. the biggest site, perhaps the biggest site in the world. I got it approved. They just ended it. Reagan tried to get it. He couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. They just ended it. They've been trying to get it for 60 years and they just ended it. So we are no longer energy independent. Uh, you look at what they're going to do to your Second Amendment. They're going to destroy your Second Amendment. They're destroying religion. They're destroying everything. They destroy everything they touch. You know, you heard my statement the other night in Alabama. We had 68,000 people oh, yeah. in Alabama in the rain and thunder. And I said about woke, and you know what I said about woke. But in addition to... Yeah, we can't say it on the radio. Losers, yeah. No, you can't. I don't <laughs> want to say it on the radio because I'll get myself in trouble. But at the rally, I said it. But essentially, woke is a loser. And our country is becoming a place of losers. I just put out a statement on Robert E. Lee. They took the statue of Robert E. Lee down, one of the most magnificent pieces of art, but it did represent somebody. Generals will tell you he may have been the greatest general of all time. He took a, a, a group that was going to lose a war in one day, and he actually almost won the war except for Gettysburg. I said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had Robert E. Lee or a type of Robert E. Lee type uh, running Afghanistan? Well, Mr. President, that, war, that would have war, war would have ended a long time ago. I would love to go on with you longer, but okay. will you come back? I will. I'll always come back for you. I'm very proud of you. It's thank just, you. Uh, just a very important guy. And thank you very much, Mark. We love you here, Mr. President. Thank you very, very much. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Well, I can tell you, I'm sure millions of us miss President Trump very, very much and his policies. And uh, when you listen to what he says, and you'll notice I conduct my interviews, I want my guests to speak, particularly a former president of the United States. And... Um, how sensible he is, how rational he is, and how, of course, the media try and create a monster out of the man. But when you listen to how he thinks through what he says, whether it's Afghanistan, the border, the Middle East, the election, and so forth and so on, makes an enormous amount of sense. Even at the end when he's talking about generals. Very few of the guts to mention Robert E. Lee. He's not supporting Robert E. Lee. He's not supporting the Confederacy. The mental midgets around America, this is what they want you to think. They'll twist where it... Look, they do it with me. And I'm on here three hours a day, five days a week, explaining myself over and over and over again. But they want to twist what you said because they don't want to argue against what you believe and who you are. They want to create straw men and foils to create hysteria. Because their arguments are losing arguments. They're not appealing to the American people unless you can turn somebody into a boogeyman which is what they try to do to President Trump. And so you hear him talking about Robert E. Lee, that many people think he was a great general. Many people think he was a great general, that the Confederacy would have lost a lot faster. Among those was Abraham Lincoln, who thought Robert E. Lee was a great general. Ulysses S. Grant, who thought Robert E. Lee was a great general. He was running circles around the Union generals until Ulysses S. Grant finally showed up, which is President Trump's point. Lincoln had to fire general after general until he found Grant, and he was advised not to take Grant. But he took him anyway. He took him anyway. Nobody complains about architecture when it involves monuments of Karl Marx. Why is that? Why is that? Well, think about it. So this is the American Marxism we talk about here. The effort that some issues cannot be discussed, even rationally. Certain monuments stand, certain monuments are to be pulled down, depending on what the American Marxists believe. And on and on and on. But you heard him, he's never been clear about Afghanistan. And I've always said, he is, he's the second president to embrace peace through strength. That was pretty much his, his doctrine. And it's a successful doctrine. It's a successful doctrine. And he made abundantly clear, look... No, I'm, I'm under no illusions about the Taliban and what I'm dealing with, or North Korea and what I'm dealing with, or communist China and so forth and so on. And in the case of Afghanistan, he made the point. We had conditions. He didn't meet the conditions. We weren't going until the conditions were met. In fact, we're going to bomb the crap out of you. 
Exactly. On the border, how much more rational can you be? We need to have a secure border. Now, if you understand a little history, and you do, you understand a lot of history. It was Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower, who was beloved typically by rhinos and Democrats. Look at Eisenhower, the, uh, the highway system. Well, look at Eisenhower. He had Operation Wetback. That's what he called it. Not me, that's what he called it. He comes into office, he wants to round up a million illegal aliens. That's how many they thought they had at the time. And they used trains, they used school buses, they used military vehicles, everything they could. Yes, round it up, people. Round them up. And sent them south of the border. Could you do that today? No. So the man wants to build a wall, and he's attacked viciously. Viciously. Now look what we have. We have a man in the Oval Office now who's not only incoherent, but when he is coherent, he's hell-bent on undermining this country in every respect. And that's what he's doing. He thinks he was sent to Washington, D.C. Actually, he never left Washington, D.C. He thinks he's in Washington, D.C. to reverse everything Trump did. And everything everybody else did. That was good. And solid. And successful. Really quite shocking when you think about it. And these Republican state legislatures are to be applauded. Those that are taking steps to get their election systems back. You notice these Republican legislatures aren't trying to enshrine a system that ensures the election of Republicans. They're not even accused of that. They're not even accused of that. Which is exactly what the Democrats want to do for themselves. And they wrap themselves in self-righteous propaganda. They're making it hard for minorities to vote. Why? Why? Who's making it hard for minorities to vote? To show voter ID? To be who you are? To be the right age? The Democrats, who want everybody to walk around with vaccine passports. The Democrats, who make taxpaying much, much more complicated. The Democrats are collecting information on you left and right and left and right and want bigger and bigger welfare state and bureaucracies to collect more and more and more. Suddenly, when you go to vote, they don't want any conditions, pretty much. They don't want any conditions. Now, I didn't ask the president a question that he can't answer, which is, are you going to run for president? We already know what he has said. He has been saying it for weeks, that people will be happy with his announcement. So you can read between the lines. That suggests to me that he is. It's not 100% certain. Time will tell, of course. But that suggests that he is. And now I want to show you Wayne Fontana. Who's Wayne Fontana? Wayne Fontana is a hack. Wayne Fontana is a hack. He's a representative, a Pennsylvania state senator from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A former Teamster. So he goes on Twitter. And by the way, Twitter allows the Taliban on, but bans Trump. This is why you folks need to get the hell off Twitter. It's painless. I haven't been on Twitter since, what, January 1st, Mr. Producer? I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I still have a life. Look at me. Join us on Getter. 
and uh, Parler. Join us on Getter and Parler. So here's what this guy puts on uh, Twitter two days ago. This state senator, hack Democrat. I've introduced Senate Bill 128, which would conduct elections in Pennsylvania strictly by mail. Only by mail. An all-mail-in ballot voting system is not only convenient and garners great voter participation, but also saves money for counties and lessens need for poll workers. So this is what the Democrat Party thugs are pushing. Why do you think they're pushing that? Why do you think the National Democrat Party is pushing it? Thugs. Thugs. They never talk about They never talk about only the people who are qualified to vote should vote. All they ever say is count every vote. Well, every vote isn't legal. No, 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 count every vote. Dead people's vote, multiple votes. They're trying to screw Larry Elder out there in California. They're using the, the coronavirus standards so they mailed everybody a ballot. Everybody, because it's easy. That way you don't really have to turn out your base. You're just sending it to their house. You're saying the Republicans and Donald Trump want to take over the state. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how horrible that would be? When you have a governor who won't even run on his record. Newsom won't run on his record because it's a lousy, stinking record. And, of course, the Democrat Party media kicks in. They accuse Larry Elder of being a white man. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? He's a white supremacist. I've told you about this for months. I've written about it. This is what they do to minorities, people of color who don't toe the line, who aren't down for the revolution. And notice the Democrat Party, all of them, supporting Newsom. Doesn't matter if he's any good, if he's rotten. No, it's power, baby, power. That's the big state. You can't have competition. And you need to teach lessons out there, see? You've got to threaten people. That you'll destroy their reputations. Larry Elder's running on liberty against a tyrant governor who's running on lies, propaganda. He's a demagogue. And nobody better than Obama who just put out a video for him. And Biden is going to shuffle his way out there to lend his support. That's not really what Biden's doing. He thinks that Newsom's going to win. So he's trying to hang on to Newsom's coattails, Mr. Producer. I lived in California briefly. When it was a free state, when it was a vibrant state, when it was an economic juggernaut. Unfortunately, those days are over. What the Democrat Party does is they fix the system. By fix, I don't mean reform. I mean enshrine Models and systems that ensure their power. They even change the electorate. They've got the teachers unions behind them, other public sector unions that are not involved in law enforcement or fire. They've got the environmental groups behind them. They've got the massive welfare state behind them and everybody on welfare behind them. They just build it and build it and build, it, build their own constituent groups. The borders are wide open. And then they tell all these people, you know, the Republicans are going to take all this away from you. That's what they're doing. Doesn't matter that the state is literally dying, that it's up to, it's in hock and debt. 
that it actually lost population for the first time anybody can remember, that small businesses are closing down or they're getting the hell out of there? None of that matters. Because Biden will save the day and the Democrats and bail out the states exactly what they did under the cover of the virus. They bailed out California and New York. They bailed out Illinois and Michigan. They bailed out New Jersey and every other damn Democrat state that needed it. Because of the virus, you see. That's why I thought it would be wonderful to have Donald Trump on today. Refreshing. Inspiring. Isn't it? Motivating. We don't acquire our knowledge, information, through propaganda mills like the corrupt media in this country. We find other ways to gather information. And you can say one thing about the internet, you can do your own research if you choose to do it. So we go around them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have wonderful affiliates in this country. Affiliates on the Mark Levin Show radio program. Hundreds and hundreds. And we work very well together as a team. And I want to thank those affiliates who promoted, prior to his appearance tonight on the show, President Trump. But those affiliates who ignored it, they're pushing some yokel stupid stuff, you should know better. You should know better. I'm not pointing to any particular. The ones on the top of mine, I can tell you that. I can tell you that. Been doing this 20 years. The program directors in this country are fantastic, except for a handful. The owners in this country are fantastic, except here and there. And the people who own stations know how to run stations, know how to program stations. They're always successful. They're very, very successful. But some don't. There's nothing I can do about it. Just always remember, we have our podcast, too. Right, Mr. Producer? We have our podcast. And we have our podcast for a reason. Number one, a lot of people want to do a podcast rather than terrestrial radio, but also to get around stations that preempt or do other stupid things. You can go to marklevinshow.com. Click on Audio Rewind. It's at the middle of the top of the home page. Uh, that'll take you to the podcast page, and you can pick the podcast app that you like. Our podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. And in some areas, growing by oceans and mountains. Because people get to make decisions about what they're going to listen to and on what platform they're going to listen to it. Smart people. The voting system in this country. I want to congratulate Texas your governor, your legislature, for putting in place a voting system that has integrity. And that's the point. You need voting systems that have integrity. You want everybody to vote who can vote legally. And you want them to vote once. And you have to put some requirements in place. Now, it is, it is counterintuitive, isn't it? When the Democrats, their party, 
their media, and the rest insist on as few limitations as possible. And if you want one, including voter ID, uh, then they accuse you of being a, uh, a Democrat, Southern segregationist senator or governor. Or promoting Jim Crow. On the other hand, if you don't wear a mask, maybe a burqa, if you don't walk north when you're supposed to walk south, if you don't cough into your armpit and on and on and on, well, you'll be up on uh, charges. But even putting that aside, they make the world much more complicated, much more difficult for a free people to do almost anything, to build anything, to go anywhere, the type of vehicle you own, what kind of business you can run, the papers you have to file, the zoning, and on and on and on. It goes on and on and on. Very complicated. People have to hire lawyers, they have to hire CPAs. Under penalty of perjury, you're signing documents. Can you show us a voter ID? Whoa! What are you, a racist? Excuse me? Now, Joe Biden knows, as I know, that if you want to get into the White House complex, including the old executive office building, you need to have not just a driver's ID, but one of those new driver's IDs or a passport or something. You can't get into the White House without an ID. You can't get into the Capitol building even with an ID. There's a lot you can't do in this country, including lobby your government without an ID. You can't get a government benefit without an ID. But if you're asked to show an ID to vote, obviously you're part of Jim Crow. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You look at the, the gaggle, the gaggle of losers in the Democrat Party rushing into California now. You have Obama, who exchanged four top terrorists from Guantanamo Bay, as you've heard now, out of the five, he exchanged five, but the four at the top are now going to be running the the uh, the Talibatistan government for Bo Bergdahl, who was a traitor. Obama's not held to account for anything. The media will protect him. The media work for him and his wife. He won't be criticized for anything. He's an idol and a disaster. And I would argue he wasn't particularly bright either. But nobody is dumb as Biden, don't get me wrong. So he puts out a video supporting Newsom. Now who's Newsom? Newsom violated the Constitution, was busy shutting down churches, the Supreme Court more than once, twice, maybe even three times had intervened in time to cut it out. He's bankrupt his state. He lived a free life with his family, with his kids, while he was imposing draconian 
shutdowns and rules and the rest of the citizenry. Spending's out of control, taxing's out of control, not enough water, not enough electricity, wildfires like we've never seen in California before, not because of climate change, but because of Newsom change. And yet, there is a built-in Democrat fusion with government, state government and federal government. And so, the teachers' union is a perfect example. They don't care about any of that stuff. It is in their personal best interests, from a power perspective and a monetary perspective, for Newsom to win. They want to control the schools, they want to control the budgets, they want to control their pensions, their medical care, their salaries. They don't want to be held to account. They want tenure broadly and early as possible. So Newsom's the guy. The environmental groups, they like the confiscatory taxes on the private sector. They don't care how many of them leave the state. That leaves more for them. They're all in. The massive welfare state, many of the people on the dole, including people who shouldn't be on the dole, they know who to vote for if they want more. Newsom. Newsom. If you're an illegal alien in California, it's Newsom because he's trying to expand more and more benefits and rights to people who are in the state illegally. So they have built this, this leviathan that requires government, that requires massive confiscation and redistribution of wealth from the private sector. They have built this human infrastructure, if you will. And that's what Larry Elder and others are running against. That's what they're running against. And then on top of that, They talk about how they're going to redistribute more, that the successful people need to pay their fair share. How about the unsuccessful people? Why do they keep getting to tell the successful people what to do, Mr. Producer? Or the people in the government payroll keep telling people in the private sector what to do. They act like they're the bosses of the people in the private sector. So California's upside down and inside out. Then on top of that, They don't believe in Jim Crow and that government. No, 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 no. We're mailing ballots out. Now, even in Europe, they stopped doing that. They realized how stupid it was, how open it was to fraud. Now, everybody in the media know this. Everybody. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. Including the liars who go on TV or publish articles like Stacey Abrams and Michelle Obama, they're liars. They know who benefits from this. And they know it is easily subjected to fraud. Period. So mail out the ballots. So on top, we have to make 100% sure, you know, that Newsom can't lose. Then they send in the so-called vice president, Kamala Kamala Harris. who's nowhere, but all of a sudden shows up in California and attacks Larry Elder because Larry Elder supports a Supreme Court decision that eliminates abortion. And yet the Supreme Court decision doesn't do that. Doesn't matter. They want to run against 
what they want to run against, whether it's a lie or not. And, of course, the issue of abortion is an issue I've discussed at some length, so I don't need to jump back in there. But you get my point. So they're not going to run against Larry. Then he gets help from the, they get help from the L.A. Times. And trust me, there are more left-wing newspapers in California. There are more newspapers that support the corrupt party in controlling California than support the corrupt party in controlling Moscow. Free press my ass. What a joke. Corrupt as hell. I don't care where you look anymore. Even the San Diego Union's gone. Look at them. Look at the San Francisco papers. They're just fantastic. Sacramento, Los Angeles. One big circle fraud. And they pull out the race card against the black guy. They pull out the race card against Elder. You see, he's really a white supremacist. No, 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 you don't understand. It's the governor of Virginia who put on blackface. Larry's really an African-American. No, 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 no. Racists. A racist L.A. Times, in my humble opinion. Racist attacks. And then, of course, Hollywood. Now, the people in Hollywood don't have to live under the conditions they vote for. They get on a private jet. They fly around. What's the big deal? So taxes go up. They deduct them. What's the big deal? We'll just charge a few more million for the next movie, the next Snickers commercial, whatever it is. We can afford anything they throw at us. Unless, of course, you interfere with them and their mansions in Malibu and in Beverly Hills. and so. Then, my God, no, no. Then you got big tech. Big tech. Big tech relies on big government. Not only for sales, why do they rely on big government? For special protections. If the federal government were to say today, hey, uh, no more business with communist China, all right? You're giving aid and comfort to a, now a nuclear power that's, naming big, that's aiming big nukes at our cities that is the enemy. So they're all in bed with big government. They're all in bed with the Democrats. The Democrats are big government. So what's the swamp? The swamp is the Democrat Party. And it builds a bigger and bigger and bigger swamp. So as I circle back, there's Obama. Four prisoners Obama exchanged for Bo Bergdahl, now in senior Taliban posts. Any accountability, any responsibility? Of course not. It's Trump's fault. Trump's fault. Now on to something bigger and better, ladies and gentlemen. A deal with Iran. Oh, yeah. We've already given them billions through our handful of allies that that were willing to do it. And we're negotiating. Meanwhile, even the United Nations, which isn't united at all, but even the United Nations has said, well, they violated the agreement. Well, we move on. You know, it's a new day. Diplomacy rules. So, unbelievable. But domestically, what they are planning to pass, and I'll talk about this a little bit more after this segment, they feel like they're making great progress. I don't trust Mnuchin or Cinema. Trust but verify. 
We'll see ultimately what they do. We'll see ultimately. I don't trust these phony moderates in the House who voted to set this whole situation up. Trust but verify. But they will all pay a price at the ballot box, and I'll do my part. If they throw in with those who are going to destroy our election system, our borders, who are going to promote amnesty, massively expand the welfare state, kill Medicare by expanding Medicare benefits and expanding the number of people who are on it, 12 days of fa- 12 weeks of family leave, Mr. Producer? 12 weeks? Have you noticed, ladies and gentlemen, shortages of materials? Shortages of certain foods? Wait until the energy hits. We're going to have shortages of gasoline soon. See? You need to go electric. See? I told you. Go electric. Meanwhile, there's brownouts and blackouts. We're creating shortages for ourselves. We're creating inflation for ourselves. We being they, but you know what I mean. Wait until it's harder and harder to get certain medicines. We're creating these conditions by centralizing government and giving power to stupid people. Know-nothings. Starting at the top with the biggest dummy to ever be in the Oval Office. And then this guy Schumer. Doesn't he walk around with his head hanging down, his shoulders hunched over, waddling around like he should be wearing a raincoat, walking up and down the street, Trying to sell cigarettes? Hey, lady, come here. You want to buy some cigarettes? And then Pelosi. Pelosi looks like she should be in the wax museum in, the, in London. Doesn't she, Mr. Producer? What's the name of that wax museum? I don't remember. Everybody's yelling at me, telling me what it is. I don't remember. Yes, Madame Tussauds. She should be in a wax museum. I mean, doesn't she look like the plastic surgeon screwed up? I think so. That's why I used to call her Stretch, if you get my drift. Now, Eva, I think Eva's a better name, given her stormtrooper comment last summer. These are fools, freaks, and phonies in these high positions? You're going to hand the country over to them? Hand our economy over to them? Hand our lifestyles over to them? They get to decide how much money we can keep? It's frightening. I'll be right back. love in. Biden in Queens, New York yesterday, uh, number seven, Mr. Producer, and uh, this guy needs to get the hook. This guy needs to get the hook. Our system is just not built properly for this. It's not built properly for a completely, thoroughly corrupt Democrat Party. It's just not. The Democrat Party of today does not fit into the system that the framers developed. From within, they try to destroy the country, and they're working on it. Cut seven, go. We are determined that we are going to deal with climate change and and have zero emissions, net emissions by 2050. By 2020, make sure all our electricity is zero emissions. I mean, obviously, by 20, the guy's an idiot, a dangerous buffoon. He's an idiot. I, uh, I mean, what, what is this? The greatest country on the face of the earth. They're turning it into a joke. I want to thank all of you geniuses who voted for Biden. I sat next to two of them on an airplane, flying back from Florida over the weekend. 
you know, I, I try to keep to myself. I get the window seat. I'm looking out the window. I have a ball cap on, my glasses on. Hey, are you Mark Levin? Yes, yes, I am. It's nice when people are nice, but then it's, you really believe the stuff you send Am I going to sit next to this putz for two hours? So this guy, nice enough, he was a psychologist. We learned, I learned that in the last ten minutes of the flight. And uh, I voted for Biden because I just couldn't vote for Trump. I said, why is that? You didn't like his tweets? No, I know this. He wasn't stable. I said, you happy now? Well, I'm not happy with what Biden's doing, but when the push comes, I said, push comes the shove. Think about Trump's policies. Think about how he came under attack. Look at the substance. But this is what we're dealing with. Dolts. Then the woman next to him, another one. But her husband's for Trump. She said, we used to get in these horrible fights. We just decided not to talk about it. I said, talk about what? The fantastic result in Afghanistan? The open borders? The massive debt? Oh, you don't want to talk about that stuff? And here I am on an airplane trying to mind my own business. But they started it. And the uh, flight attendant's one of us. She was absolutely terrific. In fact, there were three of them. All three of them were three of us. And uh, that kind of started it because one of them said, and very nice lady, Mark, I have your book. I said, uh-oh. The gig is up, Mr. Producer. Uh, but these people who voted for Biden are, are so pathetic. They're just Team Democrat. That's it. That's it. That's all that matters to them. Team Democrat. Nothing else matters. Afghanistan should be it for the Democrat Party. That should be it. But it's not it. We're going to, you know, cars electric uh, by 2020. This is what we have. This is the President of the United States. That's his latest. Five times a day, he makes an ass out of himself. And, and us as a country. What kind of great country has a president like this? None. None. Unbelievable. And then we got to listen to this Jen Psaki. An idiot for an idiot. Listen to this one. She's at the White House briefing today. You know, those of us who work, who are successful and have to pay for the adults of the world, a.k.a. the Democrat Party base, cut three. You may not have heard this. Go. Are you essentially saying that... Uh, is the administration essentially saying, and I'm picking up from what Secretary Blinken has said today about documentation, is the administration essentially saying that Taliban is the only one who has access and who's able to check passenger documentation against these fight manifests? And if so, uh, what is stopping the U.S., for example, from sending personnel over there to do this job and to allow these passengers to leave on the flights? I understand they're not all Americans, but many of them are Afghan allies. Well, none of that is what I said or what the Secretary of State said. So let me try again. Yeah, try again. You're so smart and everybody else is so stupid. Go ahead. We obviously don't have personnel on the ground. That's correct. We don't. Uh, What our objective is... Yeah, I wonder why. Go ahead. 
in Qatar, right, as you know, our Secretary of State has been on the ground in Qatar, is negotiating and having discussions as we speak with international partners, and also members of our State Department are in discussions with the Taliban, because we do want to work through and ensure that we can allow additional flights to land uh, at military bases. But it is also true that we are not going to allow flights to land where we don't know what security protocols have been taken, whether people have been vetted. Whether people have been vetted. We have millions of people now, certainly by the end of the year, who will have come across the southern border who haven't been vetted. Now, they haven't been on airplanes, but they're coming across the southern border and they're not vetted. So, so who's the dummy now, Pisaki? You. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Leftist mobs attack Larry Elder in California. You see, this is who they are. This won't be covered on NBC or ABC or CBS. Won't be covered on CNN or MSNBC. It just won't. You can never, ever again rely on the American media to report honestly to you. It's that simple. There may be a journalist here or there, but they're the exception. The rule is corruption. The rule is they're in the tank. And those who are in the media, who've been in the media for 50 years or say 40 years, they know, they know I'm telling you the truth. They know I'm right. They know I'm right. Most of them don't have the guts to say so. But they know I'm right. You know, they're watching this Larry Elder. He's in Venice Beach. And a gentleman, looks to be in his 60s or so, is walking next to him. And some woman, her face covered in a, with, a, with a gorilla mask and a pink uh, whatever it is. She throws an egg at him. So this at, at Larry Elder. So this older gentleman on the heavy side, I'm not putting him down in the least. You know, he steps in and tells her to cut it out. So she throws a punch at him. And so some jackass comes up to him also, punk I'm sure I could take out, and jumps between her and him and stands up and then slaps him on the back of the head. Puny little white guy. I'm sure he thinks he's tough. Then there's a bigger African-American gentleman who steps between the two of them and, and kind of gently pushes that guy away. Because Larry Elder dared to go to Venice Beach and campaign. This won't be condemned on CNN. This won't be condemned on MSNBC. It's mostly peaceful, don't you know? This won't be condemned by NBC Nightly News. It won't be condemned by the Today Show or Good Morning America. They won't even show the clip. You watch. Or don't. Or don't. It's appalling. This is, this is who they are. Um, Nancy Pelosi had a press briefing today about Biden and the Afghan disaster. 
the surrender, and hence the defeat as a result of uh, Biden, his administration, and his generals. Cut five, go. I think the president made the right decision to leave Afghanistan. I think we should have left a long time ago. We should have stayed longer in the beginning to get the job done. Oh, uh, General uh, Pelosi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to General Pelosi. What an idiot. They can't even run their city in San Francisco, but she she knows how to run them. See, that's the thing. These American Marxists have no humility whatsoever. None. They don't know what they don't know, and they don't care if they don't know. Go ahead. Out at the Taliban, we did not defeat them. And then we left to go to Afghanistan, to Iraq. But having said that, over time... Are you able to follow this, Mr. Producer? What, do they have, like, a special school for the elderly Democrats in Washington, D.C.? You know, gibberish 101 or something? Go ahead. Sooner, uh, I do think that... Ah, uh, shut up, you idiot. I don't even think you think. Nobody cares what you think. Then there's Schumer. This is what I mean. This, these people get in the, in the office. Look to the left of you. That is an idiot who gets the vote. Look to the right of you. That's a patriot. We got idiots to the left and patriots to the right. Chuck Schumer, cut six, go. But at the moment, actually, I'm still focused on trying to get some of those brave Afghans out. The Americans, all of whom wanted to come out, have come out. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Listen to how flip and ignorant this man is. The Americans, all of whom wanted to come out, have come out. Praise God. No, they haven't. You can watch TV for 15 seconds and find that to be absolutely false. It's unbelievable. It's actually shocking. He knows better than that. He doesn't care. And by the way, speaking of, Communist China's weighing occupation of former U.S. air base at Bagram, sources say. This is U.S. news, so we know it must be true. Paul D. Schinkman. Paul, you're lucky with a movement of a consonant here or there. It wouldn't say Schinkman, but we'll say Schinkman. Paul D. Schinkman, if that is your name, building on friendly relations, Beijing is secured with the new Taliban government in Afghanistan. China is now considering new ways to expand influence and embarrass the United States. They love their Joe Biden, man. Bought and paid for. They love their Hunter Biden. They love the Bidens. Oh, yeah. Pelosi's bought and paid for it, too. Oh, yeah. In my humble opinion. I guess they could always sue me, right, Mr. Producer? And then I could do discovery and get all their taxes and texts and emails and all the rest of it, couldn't I? I think I could. I know I would. But China put out a statement and said, no, no, we're not interested. Of course they are, ladies and gentlemen. Of course they are. They're going to do what they... The communists are the best mobsters in the world. And I don't mean to give mobsters a bad name. I'm just saying the communists are the best mobsters in the world, particularly Xi. He buys you and he owns you. He's gone all around Africa and other third world countries, and he's, he's lent enormous amount of money. And the collateral they put up, ports, uh, other 
key facilities. They're doing it also in Latin America. Remember the Monroe Doctrine? You know, that Monroe Doctrine is racist. Oh, it's racist. Monroe Doctrine. It was uh, written by and developed by the Secretary of State at the time, James Monroe. And what it basically did is protect our hemisphere from would-be enemies. Now, communist China is in our hemisphere. Did you know that? The Islamo-Nazi regime, Iran, they're in our hemisphere. They're not 10,000 miles away. No, they're in our hemisphere. Now, Mark, we don't really care about that, you know. Do you know, I don't know if it's changed since I read it, but do you know, and I've talked about this before, China has the contract for the Panama Canal, or at least aspects of it? One of the reasons Reagan was elected is he, he campaigned against giving the Panama Canal away. We built that thing. We paid for it in blood and guts. No, 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 you don't understand. That was an imperialistic America. Oh, I see. But it's better that China, an imperialistic China, has access to it. But that's the problem with electing people to office who are bought and paid for or what have you. In my opinion, they are. When it comes to a country like communist China. Communist China, it's not that they're smart. They just know that in America, money talks. So they buy off the NBA, they buy off LeBron James, they buy off Michael Bloomberg, they buy off one Apple, one corporation after another. They buy off these dictators in third world countries. They use their, their ports for collateral. They know they can't pay the rates, but the dictators need the money. So they take the money, then they can't pay back. And China says, thank you for your, warm, uh, thank you for your port. And they put their ships there and do things of that sort. then it's like drunks or heroin addicts or whatever, however you want to compare it. American Corporation, oh my God, do you see the customer base in China? My God, I got 1.45 billion people there. Oh, good lordy. China says, yeah, you know, you can come in. Don't ever criticize us. We'll destroy you. We want 51% of your business. Don't blink. We want your proprietary information. And... uh, other than that, you're free to do business in communist China. Right? That's pretty much how it works. And the Democrat Party is okay. Folks, there's going to be shortages of medicines in this country. There's already shortages of chips. You know, computer chips. For vehicles and so forth, there's going to be shortages of a lot of things. Not only our reliance on communist China, but we're going to hollow out our own economy... And we're going to create disincentives for entrepreneurship and investment, building our own capital base and all the rest of it. The Democrat Party is at war with us. They're at war with our country. They would never even try to do to another country what they think they can do to our country. And I want to point out one other thing that I've said multiple times. Multiple times. They're trying to alter the core fundamental nature of this country with one vote in a few weeks even though they have no mandate to do it it's a 50-50 senate as I've pointed out many times and they have a three vote majority in the house the smallest in a hundred years 
The Constitution, of course, gives Harris the ability to vote. They have to wake her up so she can vote. But that said, you do not have an overwhelming majority of either house. You do not have a mandate. You're holding on for two years by the skin of your teeth. And you want to use that as the basis by which to project your power. They did this in California early on. They do it in every state where they managed to crack the door open. They did it in Virginia, where I live. They had a majority in one election cycle, and they changed as much as they possibly could, whether it was the death penalty, whether it was taxes, whether it was abortion, whether it was the Second Amendment, and how many guns you can get, when you can get them, and on and on and on and on. The voting system, you know, they all have the, uh, the prototypical system now, which is, you know, Vote by uh, mail-in ballot. Apparently only Democrats know how to do that. Or they're apparently too weak or too stupid or too lazy to actually get up and go to the polling place. So you've got to mail people ballots. You know, you've got people fighting all over the world trying to save our rights. And then you have people at home that, are you trying to deny me the right to vote because I don't show you a driver's license because you make me go to the precinct? Come on now, that's obviously racist say the white supremacist Democrats. I'll be right back. I'm looking at the radio ratings for some of the big cities that have just come in. And really all but one. Our ratings are through the roof, Mr. Producer. I mean, they're way up in Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, Dallas. I'm trying to remember the others. Did I say San Francisco? Beautifully run stations. And I want to thank, uh, thank the program directors and ownership and so forth for for endorsing and promoting the program. Just fantastic. Another announcement to make. We've had a busy show today with the president early on and so forth. Two months straight. American Marxism, number one, nonfiction hardcover book on the New York Times bestseller list. I know it's eating their guts out. Two months in a row. Honestly, I was hoping we'd get here, but I wasn't sure we would. And that's, again, thanks to you. Not me, not anybody else, thanks to you. Two months in a row, all comers. Now, this isn't going to last forever, um, obviously, as other books come online and they're promoted on the Today Show or Good Morning America or 60 Minutes or whatever. But we don't have access to any of those platforms. Even some of our own platforms. But we're well on the way to a million sold on the different publishing platforms. That would be hardcover, ebook, and audio. Uh, I see the internals were over 920,000. That is huge. That is you. And uh, we'll see how much more we can squeeze out of the New York Times. I mean, we'll be on that list for a while, but the question is whether we'll be at the top. We've defeated all comers from all walks of life, 
people you know, people you don't know. We've done this together. Now, why is this important? Because it's the substance that's important. It's the substance that's critical. That's why it's important. And so I'm deeply indebted to you. I hope you're indebted to each other. You're the people. We're the people. We're the ones that have to push back. And you're getting the message out there. When I get callers who say, I've bought 10 books, 8 books, 12 books, 3 books, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Just, I have the best audience. And then finally, that's why I want to make sure you download our podcast so you have it just in case. It'll always be there, and I will always be there on the podcast. Go to marklevinshow.com, click on the audio rewind. It's the middle of the top of the homepage, and then pick the podcast uh, that you like, the, uh, the platform, because you'll be at the podcast page. So you go to the mothership, marklevinshow.com. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Click on the audio rewind, middle top of the homepage, and that'll take you to the podcast page to download the platform you want. If you don't know how to do it, your kids or your grandkids know how to do it. If you're a kid or a grandkid, do it for your parents and grandparents. Maybe they need some assistance. See you in a minute. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, did you know, again, climate change is a national security issue. Not the Taliban, not Al-Qaeda, not ISIS. Not unvented people coming into the country. No, 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 no. Not an open border. Not flatlining defense spending. Now, ladies and gentlemen, climate change is a national security issue. Now, how do I know this? Because Ayach says so. Because Nancy Eva Pelosi says so. And they know national security like nobody else. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Nancy Pelosi is full AOC. She made a decision. She could be responsible, normal, kind of speaker of the house, or she could be a loon. And she chose to be a loon. She chose to be a loon. And so this is where they go with the propaganda, because... They want to pass a bill that guts capitalism, that guts success, that guts private property rights, that massively expands the welfare state, weeks and weeks off for family leave. Because throughout our history and the history of mankind, we don't really know how people have been able to raise children and work at the same time. So the government's going to step in and fix it. And if you actually become successful, they're going to steal your money. Nancy Pelosi at a press conference today. Cut nine, go. In this reconciliation bill. What's with her list, by the way? What's going on? Her dentures loose? Why does she sound like Daffy Duck? You know, in this reconciliation bill. Like she has half a tongue or something. All right, start from the top, please. Cut nine, go. In this reconciliation bill. 
we recognize, we recognize that this is uh, saving the planet, addressing the climate crisis. Is uh, a yo, yo, you're going to save the planet. This bill, ladies and gentlemen, listen clearly. If you don't support this bill, you're against saving the planet. Do we understand what the planet actually is? That the planet will outlive mankind by billions and billions of years? Do we understand what the planet is? That we don't even make an indent on the skin of the planet. The planet is so big, it's so dense. This is such lunacy. And the planet's a lot smaller than the universe. And the planet's a lot... Well, what is the point of even explaining these things to the doofuses of the world? But go ahead, Mr. Producer. Air our children breathe, the water they drink. Wait, our children breathe, but if you're boarding them left and right, how are they breathing, Mr. Producer? But don't worry. The water we drink, the children need to breathe. So we got to destroy our system. Go ahead. Safety and the environment in which they can thrive. Yeah, as long it as they're wearing masks. Go ahead. Jobs, 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 jobs. Well, let's get Biden to spell that word. Jobs. Three-letter word, jobs. Mr. Nitwit. She said, jobs, 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 jobs. Go ahead. Be uh, preeminent in the world in the green, new green technologies. What new green technology? What the hell does that even mean? Going to put propellers and beanies on your head? Going to have battery uh, warming socks? I used to see those in catalogs. This woman's an idiot. She doesn't know anything from anything. Go ahead. Or in furtherance of that, having America be in the lead. In the lead of what? Look at her city. Look at San Francisco. There's the lead. Look at what's going on in San Francisco. Why don't we look at reality and stop listening to their... To their, uh, their, their, I told you, they remind me of pagans. They're pagans. But listen to what, I mean, look at what's going on in her city rather than what she says. Go ahead. Departure from previous administration in terms of our public role in all of that. What in the hell does that mean? It means nothing. Go. Jobs, security, national security experts will tell you that... The uh, competition for habitat oh and resources. Oh, my Ladies and gentlemen, what do we got here? An insane asylum at the top of the uh, ladder here? What, what do we have here? Can you hear her mumbling and fumbling, talking to Biden and meeting the two of them? Can you believe that the, the splattering, the spittle, the, the lack of an IQ, even when you add them together in their cases? I mean, seriously, folks, what, what are we dealing with here? As she wasn't done, of course. Uh, they want to exploit wildfires, which some of their mismanagement causes, and hurricanes. And, of course, there's Mother Nature. She's a mother, you know. Cut 10, go. On another note, and I'll be, as we see the wildfires in the West, we see them... At home, you, the smoke—it's—it's it's so devastating. Oh, good God! What the hell are you trying to say? Go ahead. As you see the floods of Ida, the the storms of Ida in the south and in the northeast. See hurricanes, floods, wildfires. Yes. Mother yes. Nature. 
is not happy with us in terms of how we recognize Mother Nature. But how's the tooth fairy think of us, I wonder? With all the the Brits walking around with yellow teeth, I don't think the tooth fairy is very happy with the British. Do you, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Climate crisis is real. Human behavior has an impact on it. Okay, then shut the hell up with your carbon dioxide. Shut down one of your five mansions. There's a lot she can do, you know. Go ahead. Public policy proposals that I hope would be bipartisan. Why, why? We're not all in favor of the suicide of the United States. Go ahead. The fossil fuel industry weighs in very heavily. Some of of people on the other side of the aisle. You would think they would have taken the initiative on this, knowing what they do about energy. What does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. But these fossil fuel companies, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to look around you. Because without you, you'd be living under a tree. Without them, you'd be living under a tree. You wouldn't know what's going on. Then, of course, we have Mika Brzezinski. Chip off her father's shoulder. Another nitwit. Maybe we ought to take a poll. Who's dumber, Mika or Joe? Nah, we don't have time for that. But notice how these are all experts. They're all experts on everything. Mika Brzezinski has spent her life doing what? I don't know. On radio, maybe? I don't know. Do you know, Mr. B? I honestly don't know. Joe Scarbo has spent his life being a putz. We know this. Nancy Pelosi has spent her entire life being a schmuck. I'm just saying. I want to get real here. Biden. Look at Biden, Pelosi. Almost no private sector experience whatsoever. Schumer. Almost no private sector experience whatsoever. Brzezinski. Now she knows all about climate change. Tell me something. If people with low IQs who know not a damn thing know so much about climate change, how true can it be? Man-made climate change, mind you. And what's with this man-made, Mr. Producer? Shouldn't it be people-made? I think it's people-made climate change. Go ahead. Cut 11. Go ahead. In the 1980s, as a nation, we spent about $13 billion a year. Oh, this is Jennifer Granholm, another genius. Go ahead. Extreme weather events. In the 1990s, it was double that, $27 billion. Okay, that's enough. Notice they don't bring any real experts on. I've got a list of experts longer than both my arms and both of my legs who say nonsense on man-made climate change or man can't control the climate change that's taking place or that the climate change taking place is so minimal its impact is almost you know non-existent they don't bring any of these experts on instead we get Jennifer Granholm, Nancy Pelosi and AOC, I'll be right back Mark Lovin Well, one of the attorneys general in this country who's actually taking it to the Biden administration on a whole host of issues is uh, Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who I haven't had on the show. How are you, sir? Very good, Mark. How are you doing? I'm fine. I just, you're a Montenegrin. 
I am. Uh, yes, yes. My uh, Brivich's, you know, are one of the old Montenegrin families, small country, less than a million people. Everyone seems to know everybody. I'm very proud of my heritage. Well, I'm just saying, if you get elected to the Senate, which is I know where you want to go, then you can do what the liberals say. You're the first Montenegrin. You know, it's funny because some of the folks in the community have mentioned that. So uh, it's it, not to belabor this too much, but it's funny because uh, uh, when I was there like a couple summers ago, I met with the president because I'm like now the leading Montenegrin in the United States. So I will be the uh, Orthodox um, Montenegrin in the U.S. Senate, the only Orthodox Montenegrin in the U.S. Senate. So I got well, that going for me, Mark. Well, then I expect those liberal Democrats to vote for you because they're into the first, aren't they? I'm just saying. They they should be. I mean, my first language was Serbo-Croatian, you know, and yeah. very, uh, I guess, uh, very woke in that sense, right? Yeah, that'll take you far, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you know the left is not intellectually honest. You know that better than anyone. And, uh, yeah, they will uh, – people like me, they can't stand. There's a reason why Tom Steyer and the left has lined up against me my entire career. Because I was late to politics. I was a most prosecutor most of my career. And they can't stand guys like me that are first-generation Americans, that believe in constitutional conservatism, that understand that individual liberty and freedom is what made this country great, and that is the inheritance we have to pass on to our generations. So they're doing everything they can to try to destroy guys like me. Well, let's get into this. Um, You've brought a number of cases challenging some of the unconstitutional or illegal or inappropriate steps of the Biden administration. Give us some examples. Mark, we have... Three active lawsuits right now related to the border, um, you know, are, uh, where we sued the Biden administration over the interim guidance where they literally were not following, uh, you know, Section 8 of the U.S. Code, and they literally have not deported 1.2 million people deportation orders. Uh, Texas is also involved in a similar lawsuit. We sued the Biden administration over its illegal failure to build the wall over its remain in Mexico policy. And we did a creative lawsuit basically saying that as a result of their policies, this open border policies, it's not only impacting our national security, but it's quite frankly in a violation of the Environmental Protection Act, which the left uses all the time to, you know, force federal bureaucrats to do something. We're saying you got to continue to build the wall and you got to continue to enforce federal law because you're not. That's what's led to this economic impact with all these millions of people crossing our border illegally. But, you know, I've got a lawsuit against Yellen. We've got a lawsuit uh, that basically says the COVID relief bill, besides the fact that it's a bunch of big government bloat and, you know, full of crony capitalism, it also prohibits states from cutting taxes. And so we have a lawsuit over that. We believe that that clearly violates. It's an attempt by the Biden administration to commandeer the states and, you know, violates traditional notions of federalism and Tenth Amendment. And you've also, when it's come to this audit in Arizona and so forth, Maricopa County said we're not responding to subpoenas. And what did you say? Mark, I have been consistent with day one. There is no other person in this country that did more for election integrity the last election than I did. And I've literally talked to President Trump about this. Our office went six for six in 2020 when the left tried to mail out ballots to everyone whether they want them or not. I went to court and I stopped it. When they tried to extend the curing period on ballots, they were successful in Pennsylvania, but not in Arizona, because I took that case to the federal courts. And literally, the most important you know, case in a decade at the U.S. Supreme Court is called Burnovich v. DNC, this last term that I personally argued. It's named Burnovich because no other elected official here stepped up. I stepped in. I intervened to defend Arizona's common-sense election integrity measures. And as a result of that, you see states like Florida and Georgia and other states now enacting common-sense election integrity measures that quite frankly, are not only consistent with the Constitution, but instill confidence in voters. 
As to the audit, specifically, I have said all along, I've actually filed paperwork that the state Senate has a right to do the audit. Uh, a court actually here agreed with us, and we have said to the county that if they do not turn over the subpoenaed information, that we will withhold or we'll tell the treasurer to withhold their share of state revenue, which is literally hundreds of millions of dollars. So, you know, I'm not... Doing the audit, I believe very strongly in the separation of powers as a constitutional conservative. The Senate has a right to do the audit. How they do the audit is their business. I've said from day one, we await the results. And, you know, as a prosecutor, I learned a long time ago, wait till you get all the facts and evidence before you comment or move forward. And that's what I'm doing. So I've supported the Senate's right to conduct the audit, period. And we are waiting for the results. Now, this guy, Mark Kelly, he's running for re-election. Quite frankly, he's like in the witness protection program. I don't even know what his voice sounds like. And uh, I've been following this for a long time. Uh, he's been going along with the hardcore left virtually in every vote. He's not like, you know, they say Cinema and Manchin. I don't even trust them. But he's never counted among them as a possible no vote on anything. So uh, he's decided to throw in with, uh, with the Schumers of the world and the Markies and all the rest. Now, he's up for election, and so in the Republican primary, Republicans are duking it out, and you're one of the ones running in the Republican primary. So tell the people of the country and in Arizona why you're the guy. It's, it's quite simply this, Mark. We need people that have been tested, that are principled, that basically can articulate and defend Arizona values. And I know when people first started talking about me running for the Senate, I was very humble. The thought of a kid like me, a first-generation American, sitting in the desk of Barry Goldwater, uh, making these monumental decisions was almost overwhelming. But I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is America, and this whole country is founded on opportunity in the Constitution. And what is happening in Washington, D.C. now is eroding traditional notions of federalism. And people like Mark Kelly, who vote with Schumer 98% of the time, uh, basically are dramatically expanding the size and scope of the federal government. Mark Kelly is, you know, one of the signatures of the S-1, you know, co-sponsors that want to nationalize our election and put more control in D.C. He's on board with the $3.5 trillion, trillion dollar, you know, boondoggle that's essentially going to subsidize green energy. Uh, so he is a big government liberal Democrat that's basically put his stake with the Democratic Party. And I think it's important that we have people representing Arizona in the U.S. Senate that have been tried, true, and tested and can articulate and defend our values. And I've told people this before, Mark, when I've been on, sometimes I'm on Fox shows or whatever, is that Arizona's not a purple state in the sense that I got more votes than Cinema or McSally, even though people like Tom Steyer spent $7 million the last month attacking me. People can draw their own conclusions why the big tech people come after me. But the point is, is that you, you need someone that can not only take a punch, but give a punch. Someone that understands what freedom's all about. Someone that understands that it's not more than one generation away from extinction. And we have to fight for that. It's not something we pass on our kids in our blood. And I have lived it. I know it. And if you look at what I've done consistently throughout my career, whether it's at the Goldwater Institute, whether it's a, being a gang prosecutor, I have always stood up. I've got one minute left. Okay. Mr. Yes, sir. Mr. Attorney General, who else is running in the Republican primary? You know, Mark, I've, my focus has always been on... But give me their names. Race. Give me their names. Who are they? I, uh, there's some guy that Peter Thiel's supporting and who else? Uh, some guy who's a, who's a solar guy here in Arizona. Um, All right, listen, I'm running out of time. Here's what I want to do. I've studied your background. I've talked to a number of people in Arizona and other people that I trust who are not in Arizona. And I want to endorse you. We've got to win this seat. 
You seem very solid to me. You seem very uh, a constitutionalist to me. Come what may, I want to endorse you for the primary in the Republican Party for the Senate in Arizona. We must win that seat, and you sound very solid to me. You got guts. Thank you. Bruno for AZ.com is website, or Mark B for AZ.com. If people want to know more, Mark. Thank you so much, brother. All right, you got it. I'll be right back. of freedom is high but this phone call is not call mark levin toll free at 877-381-3811 the state department has announced uh, mr producer in america they're very very disturbed about the taliban's gender discrimination and its leadership about its uh, lack of gender diversity mr producer that's not a spoof Man, we got to clear this place out and fumigate the State Department, Defense Department. We 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 got to get these buffoons out, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to get more people killed. They're going to make it impossible for the next president. Pray to God it won't be one of them. That the next president will uh, will have an incredibly difficult time coping with what they're creating here. They're boxing us into a hell. They're boxing us into a hell here. And what's, what's frightening about all this is, if you think about it, it takes one Congress to vote this way and change the country permanently. It takes one president in an eight-month period to change the country permanently. This is what they talked about in the Federalist Papers when they were talking about having a faction in control for a short period of time, that the Constitution was set up to prevent that. But as you can see, the barriers to the Constitution have been breached. The barriers to, uh, that the Constitution puts in place against tyranny breached. You can thank the Supreme Court and other courts, which are highly political and gutless. Highly political and gutless. This is sort of what I was talking about earlier. This is NBC. Democrats hit the gas on Biden's multi-trillion dollar safety net bill. In a race against the clock. And they, and they write as if they are press people for the Democrat Party and Biden. In a race against the clock, Democratic leaders in Congress are working frenetically to craft a multi-trillion dollar bill. Now, this is not a regular budget bill. That's $6 trillion they're waiting for. The regular budget bill, $6 trillion. They've already passed a, a so-called bipartisan bill for $1.1 to $1.2 trillion. That's on top of the $2.3 trillion bill that Biden got early in his administration. So if they get all they want, a $6 trillion budget, a $3.5 trillion massive spending bill, that's $9.5 trillion, plus they spent $2.3, that's $11.8 trillion. I mean, my God, ladies and gentlemen, $12 trillion. But people can't, they can't get their heads around this. Are you against, uh, you know, children? Like Pelosi. You against clean air and clean water? No, I'm against you, you nitwit. The House Ways and Means Committee released hundreds of pages of legislative text Tuesday and announced hearings on Thursday and Friday, which, of course, we can't attend. The bill would include 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave for all work. 12 weeks, by my calculation, Mr. Producer, that's three months. 
expanded Medicare benefits to add dental, hearing, and vision coverage. Medicare, according to the trustees, you see, it's a trust fund. Medicare is going to go broke in two to four years. So the idea is to expand it and add more people to it and then take money out of it to expand Obamacare. These are the lunatics we're dealing with. And new investments, they mean taxes. But the media speak like the Democrats because they're one and the same. To bolster nursing homes and long-term care, among other provisions. Why doesn't the government stay out of our bedrooms and our nursing homes and so I thought that's what they were supposed to do. Hasn't the government done enough for senior citizens, like kill a lot of them? Behind the scenes, Democratic leaders are engaging in a flurry of negotiations with lawmakers and committees in both chambers to write policies that can unify the party, with the White House swooping in at times to resolve disagreements, two sources familiar with the emerging bill said. We're at a place where the rubber is hitting the road in terms of shaping the policy and fine-tuning everything and really racing toward those deadlines, said a senior Democratic aide, adding the Senate hopes to vote on the bill by September 27. If you ever used your phone to call Capitol Hill, now's the time. Texts, emails, cinnamon and, and mansion. If you're in Arizona, you're in West Virginia, you better, you better get on this. Get on your toes here. The aide said Democrats can move rapidly because many of the policies have been developed over the years before they became part of Biden's 2020 campaign. Yeah, by Bernie Sanders. By Bernie Sanders. In a memo to congressional offices, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield said Republicans, listen to, listen to how they lie, these American Marxists. Said Republicans who oppose Biden's build back better agenda are fighting to protect the rich. Describing the so if you support capitalism, you oppose massive debt, you don't want to bankrupt Medicare, you don't want to give uh, amnesty to illegal aliens, you believe in a diversified voting system, not a centralized system to help the Democrats, and on and on and on. Obviously, you support the rich. Leveling the playing field to ensure the wealthiest and corporations pay their fair share. Well, why don't you just pass a tax bill then? And by the wealthiest, I don't know what they mean, but the top 5% pay like 40 or 50% of the income taxes in this country. It's just true. And I want to encourage all of you to do everything you can to become one of the top wealthiest people. That's what kids used to aspire to. A second Democratic aide said the Ways and Means proposals have general party consensus, but stop short of guaranteeing 100% agreement. So you're hearing Manchin out there and Cinema. I'm not trusting these two. I think they're trying to diffuse the urgency of the public in addressing this, and all of a sudden, okay, they gave a, you know, they, they met me part of the way. It's only $3.3.3.5 trillion. trillion. It's not 3.5. I know what that. I got got them to cut it. I'm concerned about this. Democrats have established a maximum price tag of 3.5 trillion. All right. A lot of real people have looked at this who actually know what they're doing and aren't cooking books and aren't pushing a Ponzi scheme. It's amazing. In the private sector, you do this, you go to prison. Government, you do this, you get elected. Anyway, they said this is at least five trillion, probably five and a half trillion. They're playing with the math, they're playing with the debt, they're playing with the spending. And this is what these fools always do. 
One group led by Bernie Sanders wants to focus on putting more Americans in Medicare. See? More people in Medicare, plus you expand the coverage. Uh, I mean, the what's covered. It's going broken two to four years. I thought Medicare was an insurance plan. How do you put people into Medicare? I thought it was insurance. It's insurance when they want to say it's insurance. It's not insurance when they don't want to say it's insurance. These people are corrupt and they're crooked. Anything for a vote. Democrats want to create a mechanism to close the Medicaid coverage gap in conservative states that haven't expanded the program. So you have, not necessarily, a number of states, Republican states, that are saying, we're not getting into Obamacare through the back door with Medicaid and expanding Medicaid because basically Medicaid is a shared program with the federal government. So what do the Democrats want to do? Nationalize it so that states have no say. Even though states, 25% of the average state's budget goes towards Medicaid. Poor people, among others. Medicaid. But Washington says they're not spending enough. And a lot of these states that are fiscally, relatively fiscally responsible saying, no, we're not going to get into that. Washington saying, yes, you are. They hope to find savings through prescription drug policies, like allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices and capping out-of-pocket costs for medication. That's a great idea, don't you think, Rich? Because if we can limit the cost of drugs, well, then I'm sure drug companies will have enough money to develop more drugs, aren't you? It's called price controls. They never work. They haven't worked anywhere, and they never will. Price controls. Centerpiece of the package would be an extension of monthly child cash allowance for families with qualifying incomes. So they now want to have start with children, then expand it. That's what's going on. A minimum income for all Americans. Maybe even all people, period. 300 per child under 6, 250 per child 6 to 17 years old. That's a monthly stipend just for having children. So you have family leave for three months. Plus you'll have a a stipend, 300 per child under 6, 250 per child, 6 to 17 years old, for month after month, year after year, until they're 17 years old. And then they get the foot in the door, they say, why stop there? There should be, there should be a monthly income for all people. Excuse me, all peoples. The policy was passed for one year under the American Rescue Act. Don't you love these titles? They Get Back Better Act, the Back Better Act, and then we have the American Rescue Plan. Oh, my God, thank God. No, it's Marxism with socialism. Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema have said the $3.5 trillion is too much. Now, there's a lot of problems. It's not just money. It's the other stuff they want to do through the spending bill. The massive expansion of the federal Leviathan and the welfare state. Amnesty for illegal aliens. God knows how many illegal aliens there are. Tens of millions, obviously. Not, can't, it has to be more than 11 million. I think when I was 12 years old, they were talking about 11 million. And all the other changes to the voting system. Well, that's all stuffed into this bill, ladies and gentlemen. This is an omnibus bill. You're not going to know what's in it until it's passed, if it's passed. And they have 50-50 in the Senate and a three-vote majority in the House. And they don't give a damn what you think. They want to get this done. They want to get it done before Biden blows the party out altogether. They want to get it done before the, the midterm elections. They want to get it done while they're holding on by the skin of their teeth to the smallest of majorities in modern history, actually. 
And so they're trying to push this through as hard as they can. And then if they don't get what they want, they keep saying, get rid of the filibuster rule and expand the Supreme Court. Like the little friggin' Marxists that they are. And of course the media is there just regurgitating what they say. Yeah, you know, they have a good point. Really? And if we expand the Supreme Court and they wipe out a free press, do we still have a good point? I'll be right back. Why do you think communist China has a lower capital gains tax rate than we do? Obviously, they believe in Marxism, socialism. Why do you think they do that? So let's move quickly. We have a lib. Steve, Baltimore, Maryland, the Mark Levin app. Go. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark, man. Yeah, thank you for bringing me on the show, man. Uh, All right, thanks for your call. This guy's an idiot. Time for this. Hey, man, man, man. Okay, you're calling the wrong number. And don't call me when you're doing drugs either. All right, let's go. Uh, Let's see. Now I'm going to read you something instead. I'm not impressed with anything there. Basically what the left does, what the Democrat Party does, they condemn economic and technological progress. Just like Marx and Engels did. And these are their progeny. These are Marxist-oriented movements. That's what the Green New Deal is all about. To stop technological advances. Uh, to stop economic growth. I've explained before, it's a degrowth movement. But it's even worse. As Ayn Rand explained, and this is out of American Marxism, 157-158. The demand to restrict man's mind, that's what it is. It is nature, it's reality, that makes both those goals impossible to achieve. Technology can be destroyed, she said, and the mind can be paralyzed. But neither can be ultimately restricted. Whether and whatever such restrictions are attempted, it is the mind, not the state, that withers away. Technology is applied science. The progress of theoretical science and technology of human knowledge is moved by such a complex and interconnected sum of the work of individual minds that no computer or committee, like bureaucrats, could predict and prescribe its course. The discoveries in one branch of knowledge lead to unexpected discoveries in another. The achievements in one field open countless roads in all others. Restrictions mean the attempt to regulate the unknown, to limit the unborn, to set rules for the undiscovered. As to the notion that progress is unnecessary, that we know enough, that we can stop on the present level of technological development and maintain it without going farther. Ask yourself why mankind's history is full of the wreckage of civilizations that could not be maintained and vanished along with such knowledge as they had achieved. Why men who do not move forward fall back into the abyss of savagery. And I would contribute further to what Rand observed, and as much as the purpose of these movements is to regress back to nature in a mere subsistence economy, where the communal psyche is anti-growth, anti-technology, and anti-science, anti-modernity. Ironically, the irrelevancy of higher education, graduate studies, doctoral degrees, and the colleges and faculties themselves, particularly in the teaching of hard sciences, becomes apparent. What you're seeing... In the Democrat Party, in these bills, and in the media mouthpieces, is regression. It's a throwback. It's anti-progress. It's anti-human uh, condition. That's what it is. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters. In many markets in America, I want to thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow.